Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I write a weekly column for Cracked called The People vs. Adam Todd Brown, and I use that column to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. Then, I come on this show to defend those opinions. Joining me today, she's an actress you've definitely seen if you watched me on that TMI Live show last week, which you almost certainly did not. So hey, get to know her today instead. Ladies and gentlemen, Madeline Sweeten. Also joining me, he's a longtime friend of the show who you might remember from the time he fell in love with fast food pork as we all listened. He's a super funny comic and one half of the duo Greg and Lou. Ladies and gentlemen, Lou Perez. It's going to be a great show. Oh, did we already start recording? Yes. We did. Nice. I'm eating almonds. Lou's eating almonds. Do I call you Maddie or Madeline? I mean, you call me whatever you want, big boy. I'm going to call you Tex. Yes. I love it. Maddie. How are you? Madeline Sweet. I'm good. We did a show together. We did. We did a comedy show. You were fabulous. Was I? Mm -hmm. Thank you. It was nerve wracking. (laughs) Philip Moon, who sometimes writes for Cracked, emailed Mm -hmm. me and was like, hey, would you be interested in hosting this show I do? And I'm a comic, so I just saw host. And I was like, yeah, whatever. I'll come tell jokes at your fucking show. And then I look at the, I, I get an email and I look at the link the other day and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, that's not what I'm doing. It was like it's a scripted uh, sketch show. So he was basically like on a sitcom, yeah. for an episode. Wait, and you had no idea. Well, I did once. I had agreed, but like I wasn't gonna like <laughs> turn back then. Wow, was it a, a sitcom that's already out or? Um... Well, it's a, like a fan fiction, like an hey, this is the odd yeah. couple. Tell them about the show. Well, it's a it's TMI live. It's like a it's like a SNL meets TMZ. So we do kind of what SNL does, but we do it in about celebrities mostly, and it has to be like really relevant news. And we write sketches about it. Is at IO? Uh, no, it's actually at the Stream TV. Okay. Yeah, but we used to be at Second City, so it's really fun. Yeah, we always have a celebrity host. So. <laughs> <laughs> Celebrity host Adam Dodd Brown, everybody. Ooh, that is stretching that You've word. You've got a podcast. A little right? bit. I do. I do have a podcast. Not a lot of those out there. No. No, there are not. Not many. I was supposed to cut someone off. Hit it, Brett. <laughs> you know, the hardest part of the show for me is the first few minutes because I spend all that time asking everyone else what's going on in their life when all I really want to talk about is what I've been up to since last week. That's why we call this segment This Week in Me. It's about to get very intense. There's a guitar solo. I like to tell people I play it myself, but I don't. <sighs> See, I'm trying to be polite because Lou is so nice and Maddie has never been here before, so I didn't want to cut anyone off. All right, we can fade it out. I just think you're tired. To... I am very tired. You're tired of fighting. That's it. Yeah, you look it. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> Thanks. Can you imagine that as a compliment? Wow, you look tired today. Yeah. Good I've for been you. I've yeah. been working like nonstop. Speaking of the, the TMI live show, the weirdest thing about it is I got broken up with like <laughs> the right. day before I, I had to do it. And I come back, I'm all bummed out, and I get the script and like the very first joke is about my girlfriend in Albuquerque. <laughs> oh my like, god damn it. <laughs> 
It was, it was the fun. worst. Yeah. I apologize for that. We but turned, it, it, we turned it, it was around. a very funny moment when yeah, you were yeah. like, hey, um, she broke up with me. <laughs> everybody in the theater was like, oh, oh well, just talk okay, about that. Okay, we'll just do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Tell the joke anyway and shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> That's how that went. Okay, we should talk about... A, a different kind of breakup, I guess, a, right? Yes. Which one should we talk about? We're talk- My column this week is about... It's basically about eminent domain. It's about... Ooh. Yeah. It's about when governments decide that they want to do something else with land that people own. And it's usually entertainment related. Yeah, it usually has to do with um, building stadiums and that yeah. sort of thing. And the government will pretty much use any excuse that it has under the rubric of eminent domain to yeah. basically kick people off their land. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to my first Dodgers game. Ever? Yes, ever. What? Since living here. Which is crazy. My dad was a big Dodgers fan. Dad played for the Dodgers. Your dad played for the Dodgers? No, your dad did. No, my dad did not. My dad certainly did. (laughs) My dad did not play for the Dodgers. But he was a big Dodgers fan for some reason, even though he grew up in Illinois. And uh, I bought Dodgers tickets, and then I started researching this column, and I realized that Dodger Stadium, it's like the house from Poltergeist (laughs) if it was built on... Mexican dreams instead of Indian graves. It's just, it's just ghosts of people selling like oranges and the, yeah. the flowers. <laughs> it's sad. It's really sad. It's, and it's called Chavez Ravine. Chavez Ravine. I don't know how you pronounce it. And uh, that's where Dodger Stadium is Chavez. now. Chavez. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Sorry. That was very racist. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was super racist. Leave that in. Was it? That actually sounded pretty it was, legit. But it, was a, it was like, yeah, it was like appropriate. It was like, yeah. It's amazing when making an attempt to, to actually try to pronounce something correctly is now racist. Yeah. yeah. Deemed racist. Yeah. Yeah. If you do it wrong. If you do it wrong. Just don't do it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. If you added like an ay 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 before or after it, then definitely. Yeah. We could definitely call you out on that. Which Brett was probably about he to was do. Thinking I had a I had a you know thing of like a little drop of a bunch of gunshots going <laughs> but I didn't. They were going into the air. They weren't going into the air. So I watched uh, I spent my night last night watching heartbreaking documentaries about shit like this. And the Chavez Ravine, you can see why LA wanted to take it because it's beautiful. It's beautiful, but it's also there's there's like 500 people living there and in this documentary they cut to like a wide shot of the city and it looks exact almost exactly as it does now. There's like buildings and a fucking metropolis and then there's just this valley where people have all this fucking open space and there's mountains and you can see why LA was like god, we could put so many buildings there. Mm-hmm. And you can see why they wanted to take it, which is shitty. And they had good intentions. They were going to put a housing project there. Yeah, but the the guy was uh, like a communist, right? There, he they, he was accused of being a communist. But are there are those? I always have a problem with the the good intentions argument because you know at this point in time, federal government was giving um, money to people to build what they call you know affordable housing. But ultimately, it ends up being kicking people off their land, regardless. Yeah, you yeah. know. So it's sort of like. It's still like part of an evil machine in, yeah. in a way, you know? Yeah. Well, if you watch this documentary, the guy who, the main proponent of the plan, his name is Frank Wilkinson. Frank, uh, Wilkinson. Frank yeah. Wilkinson. He was the main proponent of the plan. And I think he might have been a communist. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, I think he because was. Because when they asked, the reason he ended up, he ended up in jail for basically for proposing this plan. And 
what happened is he was being interviewed about it. He said at one point a lawyer just turned to him and says, so tell us about your political beliefs. And he goes, if my lawyer would have just said that's immaterial, we wouldn't be here. But his lawyer didn't say anything. So he was like, I don't have to answer that. It's 1950s L.A. Yeah, you do. <laughs> he went to jail because he was a communist. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I'm not too familiar with that case in particular. But I feel like something's happened, like, over the past, like, 50 or 60 years where because, you know, the West won, we have sort of forget yeah. that how big of a threat communists actually were. Yeah. And also the fact that you have all these people who were card-carrying communists. Like, you have – there's a new movie that's coming out with Brian Cranston about Dalton Trumbo. And Dalton yeah. Trumbo – he was blacklisted as a writer, ended up writing like Spartacus and all that under under a pseudonym, but he was a commie. Like he was a communist. Yeah. And for me, like the most like heinous and egregious thing is that during that time you have a lot of these like leftist communists who were like apologists for Stalin. Yeah. Like out of ever like out of everybody, like, come on, you gotta <laughs> really that's the guy whose back you got? Like yeah. you know, and it's like, oh no, no, he wasn't, you know, murdering people and yeah. you know, having all these show trials. No, no, that's all that's all hype, and then later on it comes out. It's like, no, no, it was going no, on. No, that makes yeah. sense, because nowadays if somebody said they were a communist, you'd just be like, shut up, you're stupid. So it's kind of... It'd be like saying you were an Al-Qaeda right now. Yeah, I would like, look at back you then, like, like, back then, if you were like, hey, I'm a communist, people would be like, holy shit. Right. <laughs> yeah. like, like, if I was to come in here and say, hey, I just joined ISIS... You guys would be like, what? Well, like, that, ex that explains me. the beard a little yeah. bit. But, uh, <laughs> but so, yeah, that's kind of what like in the 50s saying you were a communist would have been like. Yeah. So that does make sense. And, yeah, and, so and, in hindsight, and, we, we think it was bad to like persecute all these people for saying that they were communists. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm definitely not saying that like, you know, people weren't, shouldn't have been allowed to plead the fifth and not have First no, Amendment rights. Too late. Court, Fuck you, Chavez Ravine. You <laughs> deserved <laughs> it. Ha! <laughs> but it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I, I would be interested to just, you know, if people were more open and, and say like, yeah, I was a communist. And, and this yeah. is like, you know, some guys, they were, you know, they went to one meeting because they were trying to get pussy and like uh, that. And there was a time. <laughs> Is that why you go to any meeting? Yeah, there was a time when like being a communist was like a like a really cool thing, like a real groovy thing. I had a professor of mine who grew up in the Bronx in like the forties and like thirties and it was cool. It was hot to be like a Marxist and, and yeah. all that. Yeah. Yeah, people talk about that time like it was just this crazy scare that didn't exist. But at the same time, there's an apartment building in my neighborhood called Cuba Libre that has like Castro's face on it. So it's like, yeah, there were probably some communists here. Right. So it's it, like, I get that. But at the same time, all this guy wanted to do was build a housing project. When you hear him talk about it now, he's really regretful about it. Because he was like, these people had, there were like a couple hundred people. They had all this space. And we thought we were going to go in and basically rebuild their neighborhood. And they were all going to come back in. Mm -hmm. And then once they got to that point where they were like, okay, cool, that's what we're going to do. That's when someone was like... No, you're a communist. So basically, the way it reads to me is it wasn't even that people thought it was communists. It was just that they wanted to do something else with the land. Yeah. And, that power. and capitalizing on that climate at the time was the easiest way to do it. And the, um, the article that, that you sent us uh, about this, you always see like very similar language anytime you talk about like eminent domain. It's always shanty towns. Yeah. Uh, nowadays, it's called blight. Right, blight, right, right. like what does a blighted neighborhood look like? And they use that as an excuse to kick people yeah. out. 
Well, we don't want our city to look like that, you know. Right. Oh, it's, you know, awful if there's dirt anywhere. Have you been to New York City? <sighs> it Like, that could be considered an entire shanty town. Why do people go to New York? Like, why? It's great. It's no, it's not. I go back to you see my parents. Till, you can drink till 4 a.m. There's great Chinese food. Okay, bagel, okay. Drinking till 4 a.m. is not a benefit. That, it, that was the case in yeah, Illinois, too. And you could do that alone. Been, I don't think I need alone. to drink till 4 a.m. That's no. never something I'm like, yeah. okay. <laughs> it's weird that we're talking about New York City like that, because we're going to talk about it again yeah, no, later. Yeah, but, yeah, I'd say right now it's more of a shanty. Like, the whole fucking yeah. place, just because I don't like New York. Like, well, the weather, the weather yeah, is gross good. in the summer. Mm-hmm. The weather is terrible. The weather's good, like, in the winter. two months Two total months out of the year. Of the year. And beginning then, of spring, beginning of fall. It's, yeah. It's like Great. you're either dealing with frozen garbage or, or garbage <laughs> that's been heated up in the sun. I, you know? Cooking garbage cooking. Or, or frozen Yeah, garbage. and that frozen, frozen garbage. garbage is just going to thaw in the spring. Who <laughs> <laughs> yeah. knows what you'll find? Who knows what York. smells will be? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm New York. I'm so from there, so I yeah I, I'm a little a uh, little biased. I, I miss it. I'm not one of those like uh, New York versus L.A. like haters or anything yeah. like that. I think each yeah. city has something I, yeah. to offer and something yeah. to hate. I live well, there too. I love it so much that I moved away. Well, I I've always heard this. My a friend said this, and I'll never forget it. Is in New York. People say fuck you and they mean good morning, and in L.A. they say good morning and they mean fuck you. <laughs> yeah, that's probably pretty accurate. Damn, I'm terrible at reading people. Good morning, <laughs> Adam. Shit, that's, that's what's going on. Nobody likes Good morning, you, Brett. <laughs> good morning, Adam. Good morning to you, Good too. morning, Jeff May, too. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Jeff Wherever May. Wherever Jeff may be. There's a similar thing kind of with this Dodger Stadium thing going on in L.A. right now. There's a Target being built very close to where I live on uh, Western and Sunset. Is it being oh. built, though? Because I, I roll by that every no. day, no. and I'm like, Here's what's what going happened. on with this? Here's what happened. They purposefully built it about, like, six feet taller than they had originally gotten permission to build it. And this whole thing is an orchestration by the lawyer representing the either target or the construction company and basically they built it on purpose higher because they wanted like more square footage sure vertical square footage (laughs) and basically this whole thing was a was a construction of the lawyer so it could get caught up in court so he could keep getting paid wait so one lawyer was able to out fool outwit everyone (laughs) involved in a multi-million dollar project (laughs) basically he does this like a paralegal Yeah, he does this with all sorts of like major construction projects across Los Angeles. He, How has he not been caught? Hey, you want to put up a hot dog stand? Make it six inches higher. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! But anyways, yeah, this target, the shell of it is built, yeah. and you can see the outline of where they're going to put that little red logo. But it's, mm, I just want to buy red like toilet paper and a TV at Picture the same frames. time, and I can't. I have to drive to a different target. Well, because Ugh. there's no shopping anywhere near there. You just no. you can't. I, I live right by you, so yeah. that's I'm gonna note that in my book. I'm no architect, but oh, it, don't be. Hey, nice. All right, okay, I am. I, I dabble. I dabble <laughs> in architecture, but I I would be it would be interesting to see what kind of sort of zoning codes there are and, and stuff, and, and yeah. like what you know how high built new buildings can be built and for what purpose and all that. No, but it, I mean it, to bring it back to Dodger Stadium. Back then, it was just like we kind of wanted to build a stadium there. We made everyone think we were going to build housing projects, and then we used the communist scare yeah. to to change what we actually want to do now it's just intense litigation and zoning laws and stuff yeah. and lawyers getting their hands and stuff the guy who ran for mayor after this frank wilkinson went to jail basically campaigned his entire platform was 
we will keep projects like this from happening because they are socialist plots. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what got him elected. So once Frank Wilkinson went to jail and this mayor started campaigning. Norris Paulson. Yeah, Norris Paulson. Chavez Ravine was fucked at that point. So wait, like, he campaigned that he would keep housing projects for yeah, the, the low income. Okay, Because they're socialist plots. That's oh, what yeah. this project was eventually determined to be a socialist plot. And once all the homeowners were out, the federal government bought the land, obviously, because that's who builds federal housing projects. And once they got everyone off the land and determined that it was too much of a socialist plot to do, L.A. bought the land back from the federal government at like a way discounted price Mm -hmm. and then basically gave it to the Dodgers. The craziest thing, I was talking about this before we started recording, there's a school under Dodger Stadium. Under Dodger Stadium? Yeah, Chavez Ravine, they had, it was like a self-sufficient city. Like they Mm -hmm. had their own schools, churches, stores. And basically, instead of going to the trouble of demolishing the school, they took the roof off and the floors out and left the walls and just filled it in with dirt. Oh, wow. So this guy in the documentary is like, you know, in a thousand years when they're digging under Dodger Stadium, they're going to find a school. <laughs> like, there's this, like, people yeah. are going to be like, what the fuck? You build a baseball stadium on top of a school? Yeah, because yeah. that sounds like it's m- more helpful to yeah. our society. It's definitely, yeah, it's definitely a, a evidence of, of where our uh, yeah. morals and uh, our values are. And that was the lie. thing. That, that the stipulation was they had to use the land for public use. So they put a baseball stadium up. Yeah. It's a sad fucking story. And now this happens in every city every 10 years when they want to extort the city to build a new stadium. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Another thing I mentioned in my column is Rio and what they're doing to get ready for the world or what they did to get ready for the World Cup and what they're doing to get ready for the Olympics. Yeah. Like that has been a disaster. Yeah. Getting the World Cup and the Olympics back to back is ruining so many lives in that country. Or in that city, basically. Why? Why did they want to do it? That's the. I mean, well, I gather I, I, like money. Or are they? Well, well, well. The funny thing is, like all those stadiums and that are built, like they always end up losing more than than they take in. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's always on the backs of of taxpayers, so you know nobody gives a shit. But they they end up just being sort of these symbols that you can look at, and, and you could be like, you know, Rio. Hey, we hosted the World Cup. We hosted uh, the Olympics. It's sort of this prideful thing, but then. Everyone that gets hurt, you're not going to hear it from them anyway. Yeah. yeah. It's all under the guise of, oh, well, it's for the economy. It's for like restaurants, man. People are going to go to restaurants for three weeks. Yeah. yeah. All the restaurants are going to be packed for three weeks. Three weeks, yeah. Yay. After that, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and what's really unique about the Brazil situation is, from what I gather, a lot of it has to do with the view. The poorest people in Rio at one point lived way up in the mountains. Because you have to walk like 700 stairs to get there. So people didn't want to do that. But once they started getting the World Cup and the Olympics and people started converging on the city, they realized people were going to want to go up there and take pictures. Hmm. And it was like too much of a high crime area for that to happen. So one, they built a cable car, which nobody in fucking Rio needs. Like they spent all this money that could have gone to fixing their healthcare system, their schools, and put them a fucking cable car. And they have this program called pacification, where they're going into these favelas or neighborhoods that have been traditionally high crime areas. Pabelas. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my God. Thank you, you Brett, our uh, resident Portuguese speaker. <laughs> um, and they're going in, basically, they're dressing the police up like paramilitary troops. 
and just they are cutting crime, but it's basically like martial law. And that's what they're doing to make these areas safe for tourists who want to go take pictures way up high in the mountains. I remember hearing stories about them taking, like, street kids and just shooting them, just lining up, like, street kids and vagrants and just, you know, putting bullets in them. That wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me at all. But you hear the word gentrification and you think, like, Google moving into San Francisco or something. Mm -hmm. But that's basically what's happening in Rio because they're making these areas that, you know, people who aren't exactly poor by Brazil standards, who can maybe afford to live wherever they want, they wouldn't have ever lived in these areas with these great views because that's where the people who were poor used to live. But now that the military has come in and like cut the crime and they're like rebuilding it, these people who used to like who can afford to move are like, oh, well, maybe I'll live there. That's like a hip, trendy neighborhood now. So it's basically it's basically gentrification, but well, it's just not white people doing it. So. Well, I, th- well, I think the, one of the main differences between you know sort of like an eminent domain abuse and gentrification is that with um, gentrification, at least there's the idea that you're going to voluntarily move into a neighborhood or voluntarily yeah. move out. Like there are people like you know uh, New York is is a is a perfect example who own buildings that are now worth millions and millions of dollars and who decide to sell that building. Yeah. And move out. Whereas with eminent domain, when you have like military and uh, paramilitary police coming in and saying "get out of here," yeah, you know it's it's definitely a, a different uh, a different kind of thing. It was funny the uh, the article you sent us from PBS. They described using the power of eminent domain, which permitted the government to purchase property from private individuals. Yeah, no, it's yeah, not. It's that's... not purchasing. It's uh, it's saying this is the price that we set, and you're going to take it, or we're going to find another reason to kick you out. Yeah, and if you don't take that first offer, you're really fucked. Yeah. Because then you see everyone else taking their money and leaving, and they're like, all right, well, now we'll give you 75% of what we gave them. Yeah. Mm. And the longer you hold out, the less money you get, and eventually the government just comes in and demolishes your shit and forces you to leave. Yeah. Are you oh. are you guys familiar with the Supreme Court case Kilo versus the uh, city of New London by any chance? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was 1976. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ginsburg wrote a great dissent, but well, well, it's funny you, br- you bring up Ginsburg. Uh, so this is um they just I think hit like their 10-year um, anniversary of, of this happening and um, basically uh, in Connecticut uh, Pfizer uh, had a big laboratory built there and they were looking to expand I think it might have something to do with Viagra like they Viagra sales went up and they were looking to expand don't so many things have to do with Viagra <laughs> oh, yeah. they were looking to expand and the uh, city of New London wanted to move out all the all these people uh, in the surrounding area in order to build you know, hotels and, and stuff like that. And this woman, Suzette Kilo, didn't want to sell. She'd worked really hard to get this right. house, her little pink house. Uh, that, that's what it was. And she tried to fight it. And she ended up losing and went all the way up to the Supreme Court. And in that court decision, the Supreme Court basically said that the government can take land from private citizens and give it to a private corporation if it's in the uh, best, like, economic interest of, yeah. of the city, meaning uh, tax revenue and all that. And it's a really fucked up thing because it's like 
the government can basically take anything they want and give it to you know powerful corporations. And it's funny you bring up Ginsburg because yeah, she, she was in on the majority. Yeah, she was in on it. You know, Come yeah, it's on. weird. All the all the liberal Ginsburg. ones, all the liberal ones supported this, and all the super conservative ones That's dissented. A, weird. That is weird. Weird. Yeah, you would I think. I wonder what yeah. that was about. Scalia. Yeah. And, and then, Son of a bitch. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> oh, Scalia! And then 10 years later, Pfizer has moved out. They moved out years ago. There is nothing nice. built. It's just a wasteland. It's a dead zone. Wow. And uh, I actually have uh, friends of mine, Courtney and Ted Balaker, who are... Um, What's up, Courtney? D- d- Hey. Courtney, Courtney and Ted. Ted. Uh, they're doing Ted's a, a good dude. <laughs> they're doing a movie uh, called Little Pink House about uh, oh, Suzette nice. Kilo. And um, yeah, it's really interesting and it's, and it's heartbreaking. And uh, at least in response to that, a lot of municipalities, um, rather than going the route of saying that, oh, we're going to make it easier to, to you know, do eminent domain, they've actually pulled back and said, no, we, we actually need to protect our citizens. So where they weren't protected in the Supreme Court ruling, they might be a little bit more protected on a local level. There's something that's kind of going on similarly. I guess it's kind of done at this point uh, in New York City with the building of the Second Avenue line. They're demolishing a bunch of buildings and stuff because they have to build subway stations. And um, they were building a tunnel under all the east side of New York. And they were – I don't know if they were kicking people out or the city had kind of agreed to – help them find new housing that was at the similar price to what these people were paying but it's new york city it's manhattan it can't really find yeah apartments for I, I used people, to, all the people living yeah. on one avenue i used to yeah, live on the upper east side there. and um w- one of the biggest like heartbreakers is on that second avenue line all the businesses that have just been yeah, fucked too. over completely yeah. Yeah. and there's not going to be any compensation for all those businesses that are going under because they have no like sidewalks. Like they have no sidewalks. Their awnings are covered. There's scaffolding everywhere. Yeah, basically, there's there's like chain link fence around all these businesses, and they're open. They just don't look like they're open. Yeah, and it's uh, and it's really sad. We have no idea. I have no idea when when that Second Avenue line is going to be. I think 2017 or 2018. Mm-hmm. Is so then add like another five. Well, do you years, feel so. like that you need those stops? Like, is it difficult to get around in the city yeah, in that area? The four, five, six line is overcrowded yeah overcrowded big time and it's a little bit of a walk if someone's coming from like york york avenue and, and all that yeah that's that side of the city just needs more public transit because yeah. okay. the one line that exists there is just super overcrowded and i have female friends who don't who work on that side of town and don't want to take the subway there because the subway on that side of town is so crowded like every time they get on their butts get they're, they're basically oh, yeah. getting they're you know, losing their hymen again it's surprisingly <laughs> easy to get raped in a big group of people yeah, and it's not a problem on other lines in the city. It's yeah. only a problem on this one line. Yeah, and it's really tough, too, because it's sort of like, you know, the MTA has a monopoly on everything that goes on underground and also with the buses and all that. I would love to see some other ideas, open it up to some competition and see if we can actually get people moving. We're all moving to New York. That'd be great. We Good morning, New York. public transit here. Like, yeah. Uh, you know. I wonder, has that happened here? They're building, a, like, a train. I know they want to build a, what, a no, monorail or something like they're that? They're extending the line that goes from downtown to Culver City. It's going to go from downtown to, like, 3rd Street in Santa Monica. Yeah. It's going to be great because there's a subway stop right by where I live. I'm going to take the subway to work. Oh, yeah. Awesome. I live in Get Santa Monica. Get my butt pinched. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my guitar back, uh, put a hat down, <laughs> just play some tunes, make some money. Sounds good. Yeah. 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 I tweeted about this once, but I'm really tired of, like, talented homeless people. <laughs> Those videos. I'm like, come on. There's talented regular people, too. Take it it's easy. True. It's like, like, I don't want to have to admire your talent 
Like, I don't want that forced on me. Like, <laughs> like if I'm in the subway, I'm having a shitty day, I'm on my way to work, and you're just murdering the cello, I don't want to have to be like, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. No, I want to <laughs> be able to ignore you like I would anyone else asking for money. But you're, like, shredding Thunderstruck. And you're crying. On the fucking stuff. violin, and I have to be like, this and it, is really inspiring. It always makes me think, like, I can't do that. What's yeah. going to happen to me? Like, <laughs> I don't have anything. That person's like... <laughs> I, I heard a woman singing in the BART station in San Francisco and then saw her on The Voice, like, four months later. No way. And I only knew it was her because the song she was singing was very distinct. It was about mm. people die. It was about how we're all going to die. Hmm. On The Voice, she's saying that? Yeah. Did, did they turn around? <laughs> That's why I love The it? Voice. <laughs> Team CeeLo. <laughs> <laughs> the Voice is my shit. I love that show. I watch it. It's, it's my big brother. Like, Brett watches. Ooh. Brett watches Big Brother. Wow. Ooh. Man, big week coming up. I hope J-Mac survives and, uh, you know. This is how much week. he watches it. Week. Is somebody on? dying? Is somebody yeah. dying on the show? Maddie, he watches the live feed on oh, the wow. internet. He, yeah, I can he pull listens it up right to now. Big Brother podcast. That's sexy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Do Find that odd shit kind of sexy. You're in business, Brett. I, I'm always in business. <laughs> I don't work. <laughs> my business isn't on 2nd Avenue. I, I'm in business. <laughs> That's very insensitive of you. You can never build a train under this man. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> but you can build a stadium above me. That is yeah. true. You're, you're fucked you on can. that. You mentioned shanty towns, and since we're talking about New York, that's also how Central Park happened. And I think that's kind of like an accepted theory now, is that what we tore down to build Central Park was a shanty town. And it was not. It was like the first example of a black middle class. They were like freed slaves who had been there for a few decades, who owned houses and had like built their own community. And New York City decided they needed a park. Awesome. Because European cities had parks and they were the lungs of the city. <laughs> so when it came time to destroy something. Filled with black smoke. And, <laughs> exactly. and all the black people were the appendix of the city <laughs> exactly. that you could just cut out and throw away. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they were like, well, that's a shanty town. Let's tear it down. Wow, and what I made it a shanty town? Because they were all black people. Yeah, right? I think over the years, that is what has come to be accepted like as the story. Because I, when I was talking about this column with a friend of mine, I said, yeah, Central Park. And he goes, yeah, it used to be a shantytown. No, 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 it didn't. It didn't. That's just the myth. Mm -hmm. But that's such a sad myth because it was a really great thing that we destroyed to make Central Park. The craziest thing about it is as sad as the Central Park story is, you can at least say, well, at least we have Central Park as a result. Mm. Because there was also in Tulsa, Oklahoma an area that uh, was considered the Black Wall Street. This was during the Depression. There was this one area of Tulsa where black people basically, again, just set up their own community, and they were thriving. Their economy was fine. Everything was fine. And the people of Tulsa literally went in and burnt it to the ground. Because there was, like, a rumor that a guy, like, assaulted a girl on an elevator. So they burnt it to Wait, the fucking. They had ground. elevators at that time. Yeah, exactly. In the black neighborhood of Tulsa. Yeah, Damn. exactly. They were killing it. They That's were, why they had. Yeah. They have elevators. We don't. 
burn it down. That's crazy. And yeah, now there's like there's nothing to show for that. So at least there's Central Park. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I always felt like Central Park could be a few blocks shorter. Right? Yeah. So Especially big. if you're jogging in it. It's like, come on, really? Do I have to <laughs> like, go this far? Yeah, now I'm already this far. I have to get back home somehow. <laughs> right. So I guess I'll just walk because I'm done with this. Yeah. It, it's, it's sort of another one of those examples where you have this, you know, beautified place that it kind of like obfuscates the uh, history of it. And like, yeah. you know, you're left wondering, oh, well, what would have happened had that community, that black community been allowed to... Yeah, keep their land and, and strive. There's like a look. There's a plaque there now, though. Oh yeah, I've so, never oh. so that's cool. There's a plaque saying, so "Hey, this good. is what we tore down right. to give you this fucking park." And Banksy's, you know, wrote something <laughs> right next to it. Yeah, or like that. yeah. But. You know what I hate in Central Park, and the, I see it on the promenade too. When people like do this performances where they're like dancing, mm-hmm. they always have to build up a huge crowd first. So you oh, yeah. like if you want to watch it because it's fun to watch. They're like very athletic and they're going to be doing all these flips and shit. But if you want to watch it, you have to watch these motherfuckers do like calisthenics for fifteen minutes mm-hmm. while the crowd builds up, and it's so goddamn annoying. <laughs> like I was on the promenade the other day and I saw these two motherfuckers just like stretching to a Drake song while this crowd built up. It's like start dancing, goddamn it! <laughs> I hate that. And that's that's a real problem in New York. But that's something on this. That's <laughs> like real part problem. of the hobo, like the hobo code, like you know, <laughs> hobo code. The hobo code. You just like you're one not word. Get people if you just start dancing and there's not a crowd then that's no one's you, gonna stand there but you gotta create the crowd to create the you know the theatrical experience can you imagine like, like hobo code. they create the crowd and they get everyone there and then they just start doing slam poetry <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh man that was there's all sorts of stuff they do magic <laughs> they basically either do magic or dance hey I'm gonna guess the weight of everybody in the crowd oh boy this guy again oh, is there no. anything worse than slam poetry oh man it's, it is it is painful you look like maybe you disagree, Maddie. Well, I could think of quite a few things, but I, oh. I mean, we're on. Well, a uh, yeah, not, you, I mean, you know. I'm exaggerating. Of There's course. a few things, of course, yeah. but performing my own vasectomy. Yeah, that would be worse. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There were a couple things, but not a lot. It's <laughs> it's up there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's way way up there. We should have a slam poetry segment on the mm. podcast soon. I'm I'm actually I'm actually surprised that we don't hear more slam poetry about eminent domain abuse. Oh, it's probably out yeah. there. But it's, it, yeah, yeah, where would we go to hear it? Yeah, it might be like a deep cut. Yeah, that's like one of the the industries the internet still hasn't reached because no one gives a shit to <laughs> upload slam poetry videos <laughs> online, so they're not going viral. Or, remember, There's there was an HBO slam, show which was called popular, right? Deaf poetry, Deaf poetry Jam. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Russell Simmons. You know, there's actually not one slam poetry video DJ! on YouTube. There's not. There's one. not one on YouTube. There's millions of videos, but there's not one slam poetry thing. On Did YouTube. you do your research for that? Yeah. No, I just know that. Yeah. Oh. He I believe up it. Slam poetry a lot. I believe it. I look up slam poetry. Zero results. Yeah. When I first started doing stand up, I was gonna start doing it when I moved to San Francisco. I lived in San Francisco for three months. In the first open mic I went to, uh, one was at a laundromat, <laughs> and two. Uh, it was half comedy, half slam poetry. And I was like, I'm going to wait till I get to L.A. and just start doing comedy then. Because I knew I was only going to be there three months. I was like, it can wait. It's, it's amazing how, how seriously slam poets take themselves. Yeah. Whether on stage and off stage. You think, oh, maybe they're on stage, they're kind of putting it on. And, and, and off stage, they understand how silly it is. No. How does a slam poet even know if they've made it? 
Like, what success? Whoa, yeah. Like, how yeah. do you know I've made it in slam poetry? Maybe in a way that makes it pure because they're, like, not doing it for the Are you from success. L.A.? No. <laughs> but, <laughs> that was a very L.A. Thank answer. you. I've, I've assimilated well. <laughs> where, are you, where are you from originally? Uh, I'm from Texas, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah, but I came out here when I was four. Oh. So I've been... Oh, wow, all by your lonesome. Yeah. You yeah. Made to make yeah, it in the world. I hitchhiked. Yeah, I did. Boxcar. <laughs> Boxcar child. I've been, I've been uh, acting out here for like 20 years. Jesus. Now. Yeah. Nice. It's pretty crazy. Crazy town. Don't come here if you're not here already. Yeah, um, don't come because here. Because we don't need you. There's plenty <laughs> of people that w- are already here. Yeah, um, there aren't enough jobs. There are plenty of me jobs. out here already. <laughs> There's yeah. not need another one of me. There's not enough Good. water. <laughs> There's uh, no, definitely not. We don't have enough water. But oh my, we, we oh need more comics who do like Tinder jokes, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. There's not enough Tinder jokes. Yeah. I got so mad uh, a couple months ago. I went and stayed with my parents at the Westin out in um, San Diego. And I went outside and they were pressure washing their sidewalks. And I was like, are you fucking serious? And apparently they do this every Wednesday. They pressure wash their sidewalks. I was like, nobody gives a fuck if there's a little bit of dirt on the sidewalk. So I wrote a letter and... Um, you wrote a letter? You wrote a letter? I did. Wait, I wrote a letter with to With a stamp? The like a stamp letter? No, no. I wrote like in the comments section. Oh, on the email. Okay. Oh, yeah. better. Yeah. Right. I emailed them, yeah. Weirdo. And I got a letter back that said, we'll uh, inform someone. Yeah, David like, David Bell, a cracked editor, when I got to work... At the San Diego version of Fuck You. <laughs> we'll, we'll inform someone. <laughs> when I got to work this morning, David Bell was sending a letter. He was, like, putting a stamp on it. and To whom it may concern, I did not like your cinema. <laughs> That's probably what David Bell was writing. I usually about. just put it in a bottle and just like, throw it over my shoulder in the ocean. It's just the weirdest thing. David Bell also seals his envelopes with a wax... Wax stamp. Oh my god! Yeah, that's he's got a seal. Wow. Yeah, crazy. it's great. It's so hot. Yeah, his family crest. It is kind of weird. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Should we do comments? Yes. Do we have voicemails? Kind of. You know, it's a big world out there. This is great. <laughs> no, keep going. We've never. Yeah. Had, I don't know the rest of the We've time. never had someone like yeah. scat to the <laughs> to the song. I didn't know it was you. I was. Uh, <laughs> um, it's hard. It's e- easy to feel like the things you say don't matter, but I want you to know that's not true. That's why we call this segment "Your Voice Matters," where we read your stupid fucking comments from the past few shows and respond to them personally. Personally. That was great. <laughs> Wherever you are, we will read your comments. Your comments will go on. <laughs> amazing. 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 <laughs> that was, amazing. That was really, really great. The audience loves it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The live audience. audience. Yeah, I bet you didn't expect there would be a live audience for this. But I'm grateful. I feed off of that. Yeah, yeah. That was great. (laughs) That was so great. We have a voicemail. Kind of. I'm digging into bottom of the barrel sort of voicemails because we haven't really gotten any. Yeah. Please call the voicemail in five zero five three unpops. That's the number five zero five three eight six seven six seven seven. Call with advice. Call with just weird questions. Just weird questions. Anything that pops up in your head. 
Please do it. Like, I just ask. If you want it to be on the show, just keep it a little bit short. Just keep it short. You know, four minutes about, like, why we're wrong about something. Not gonna Someday be I'm going to go in and listen to all the voicemails and I, figure out why they make Brett so angry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Adam doesn't listen to any of them. Yeah, I, I don't. I screen them the morning of the podcast. And I'm like... Then, uh, to be fair, it doesn't seem like it would take much to make him angry. No, no, no. Shut up. Oh <laughs> I'm so turned on. <laughs> yeah, I have, when it, I, have, I have lead singer disease when it comes to this podcast. I just like show up. <laughs> we have voicemails. And I'm what, the bass, what are we doing? What are we doing? And I'm the bass player who's been tuning here since 5 a.m. Yeah. I've just been like, mm, yeah, it's bum, great. Bum, bum. I show up five minutes before I record the intro. I don't write it first. I just like <laughs> say it. I was thinking something like this. I don't yeah. Know. It's a good time. Hey, did you tune this? It's tuned wrong. I don't it's, like it. I don't like tuned, the way you tuned it. It's tuned right. I've been here for Brett, hours. Brett, can you come over here and turn my headphones up, please? <laughs> can I get a little bass in my headphones? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry. I just, I just turn, turn my headphones up, so. All right, so here we we do have a one. We have do have one. It's it's silly, but it's fine. All right, waka waka waka. Hey, Unpops crew. So a couple of episodes ago, you uh, brought up that ketchup chicken thing again. We didn't. This is this voicemail is from May. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I was just wondering, do you refrigerate your condiments? I don't refrigerate my ketchup, barbecue sauce, mustard, things like that. Mayonnaise, of course, because I'm not retarded. Of but, course. you know, just getting your opinion on that. Thanks. Have a good one. Thank you, sir. Wow, you really spent the time to call and ask that question. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, amazing. that used to be a big debate, ketchup on chicken. Do you eat ketchup on chicken? That wasn't the question. Maybe. Not. <laughs> it was not the question. Uh, not unless I have memory. to, and there's no other <laughs> condiments, or I haven't seasoned it. And then, yeah. yes. I, I, I love ketchup. Good. I'm addicted to ketchup. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know, like but ketchup. on chicken. Or you're yeah. addicted in all forms. Uh, yeah, I could, I could do it on chicken. Yeah, yeah I can, but uh, I just traditionally I don't. Yeah, that's disgusting. Mm. Um, so, refrigerated condiments? Well, I yeah, I do refrigerate all condiments because I like the option of having like a heated meal within a cool condiment. Mm. And then if you want your condiment, you and Brett to are going to get married. You know, hey, what's up? I'm the same. I'm the same thing. I'm the same way. I know. I like it's 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 silly to refrigerate ketchup. You don't need to refrigerate ketchup because it no. sits when you go to a restaurant. There's ketchup on the table yeah. and it's been right. sitting there for hours, and you're fine with it. You, yeah. you do it. But I like. Getting home from the McDonald's, Jack in the Box. <laughs> Having warm fries. With the cold ketchup. cold ketchup. It's so good. Yeah. It's like drinking a beer on a patio on a summer day. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But with ketchup. Yeah. yeah. I, I refrigerate my ketchup. What about syrup? Does anyone put syrup in the refrigerator? I You're don't. a crazy person if you do that. I, don't. No. I dated a girl for 10 years who did that. That's weird. Is that I the, don't. Was that yeah. the breakup? Uh, it was like what kept us from getting married <laughs> i don't even know because don't syrup. you just like put it then in the microwave because you most of the time you want syrup to be warm so she would just take it from the fridge and just like yeah put it in the microwave did you know syrup can get moldy though everything wow i made pan this was so oh. not sour cream it's already sour what how about that Brett? <laughs> we'll see blue I'm cheese gonna, yeah blue I'm cheese, leave blue cheese is that already is mold. moldy this was so heartbreaking i was really high one night well, every night. Mm-hmm. And uh, I made pancakes because I can cook. And I had my pancakes and I put my syrup on. And I hadn't made pancakes in a while. And the syrup was just moldy. Oh. Ew. And I was high. I didn't eat them. Okay. Did you eat around it? No. But, you know, I've done that one. I, I once ate an entire bowl of corn pops. 
And like with the first bite, I was like, God, these taste weird. <laughs> and I just powered through. And like at one point, I remember thinking, well, they were in this cabinet and there was like some butane in there. Maybe that like, but I kept eating it. And then the next morning, I realized the milk was spoiled. Oh. So I just pounded a whole bowl of cereal thinking, hmm, why does this taste so weird? Oh. Did you guys hear? I heard in, in India, they were so used to not refrigerating butter that it would often turn moldy. Mm-hmm. So that now that when they do have refrigeration, they have the flavor of, of whatever that butter would taste like. Interesting. I could probably be corrected on that by any do listener. Guys, do you guys refrigerate yeah, butter or keep it out? I, I refrigerate it, yeah. I refrigerate just because I don't use it that much. Yes, yeah, too, yeah. same. But when you have that butter that's been out, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. slides yeah. right onto your knife. Well, do you have one of those uh, butter holder things, right. like the little the little rectangle? Butter? Honestly, but the thing is, I never use butter really. Yeah, see, that's we why I don't it, either. Have it in the little flip up tray in the fridge. You know, use that door. olive oil, right? Olive oil, use that olive oil. On. Spray, I really don't eat at home spray. Ever, anyway. I, I eat, eat a lot at home. Mm-hmm. If I'm eating spaghetti, I can pound like six pieces of bread and butter with it i don't know why it's just like such a oh, perfect so yeah. that's interesting because it's so carby already spaghetti and then you're well yeah you're just diving in yeah, yeah. yeah get it yeah i love spaghetti yeah i had an italian restaurant recently and, and i congratulations almost, you. you know what Mr. Big <laughs> look i had i had some strong opinions about those dagos but let me tell you something they can make they can make a good <laughs> They know how to put stuff on a plate. Let's just yeah, say that. Yeah, they do. Uh, but I was amazed at the I was, at, I was amazed Danny's at the here. amount of um, the amount of bread that was served before. It was delicious. It was it was obviously amazing. And it's like, but they knew what I ordered and they knew what was coming. But <laughs> yeah, they still push that bread on me. Yeah, they do. Every Italian restaurant they bring out bread. Yeah, it seems very unnecessary. Yeah, bring out meat. Yeah. Well, oh man, that would give be me a unreal. steak first. I think oh, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. Just like a complimentary bowl of just like <laughs> steak <those> cubes, churrascarias. <laughs> well, I think uh, being uh, traditionally being beautiful in their uh, mm. the, for, to them is to be large and eat a lot. I think, uh, right? Is yeah. that? I mean, I think that's. I've been to Florence, Italy. It's not the case in Florence. Oh, well. uh, I think in Sicily it might be a little bit more. Well, but, yes, fuck me know. then. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. You mentioned India. Oh, oh no, he's talking about a different. We'll we'll read that comment. He's talking about a different kind of Indian. But in... Uh, well, he is. He is. I'm sorry. I know what comment you're talking about. The one thing that will... I think will always keep me from visiting India is there was a show with uh, the dipshit who made that Super Size Me documentary. Mm-hmm. Morgan Spurlock. Uh, yeah, Morgan Spurlock. Uh, called 30 Days, where people would go live for 30 days under certain conditions. And on one episode, a guy went to live in India for 30 days and to work in, in a call center. And in the house he stayed in, there was a hornet's nest in the shower head. Holy shit. And people were just like, shower around the hornet's nest. What? Never. Never will I go. That is my nightmare. Yeah, I I would only go to India if I stayed in like five-star western hotels. I actually went to I went and to India and, and filmed like a short film out there. Oh, wow. Produced. Uh, okay, so you're a worldly a person and not like a racist. Like <laughs> <the rest of us. laughs> no, no, but I I mean it was 
the the amount the poverty gap is insane. You know, I was staying in a really nice hotel because you know I was in charge of where I was staying. So yeah, um, but. You know, you walk right out the street, and there's just buildings crumbling, mm, and yeah. and they do a lot of uh, what they do in Mexico, which is where they don't finish building their home because then you don't have to pay property taxes for oh, it. Oh wow! And so yeah, if, if there's like at least one wall I didn't missing, know did that? Yeah, in Mexico too. That's uh, yeah. So it's like a lean-to that they kind of build. Can you do that yeah, here? They, they just put like a tarp over the missing wall or whatever. I don't know, but we should look into that. Could you <laughs> knock down some? Wall. Build your one point five million dollar one bedroom. That's what tarp. Target needs to do. Target just needs to knock Read down one, one of the one one entire walls. walls. <laughs> How great would that be if Target just squatted in that building, <laughs> just took it over, like Nino Brown taking it's over the a, Carter a black in New market Jack City? Target. <laughs> that would be amazing. I would shop there. Wow, New Jack, New Jack City, New Jack City. Yeah, I've been watching a long time. That was a, that was a good reference on my part. Damn Nino Brown, because it was like a high rise that they took over, handing out turkeys. Thanks. We're taking over the Carter. We're taking over the Carter. Yeah. Soundtrack. God, that was a good Unreal. Movie. Soundtrack was amazing. amazing. Yeah. New Ice Jack Swing, Heavy. Yeah. 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 New Jack Hustler. New Jack Hustler. That was a great fucking song. Yeah. That was a good soundtrack. That was the premiere, the world premiere of I Want to Sex You Up by Color Me Bad. Really? Was on that soundtrack. Holy yeah. Shit. Yeah. I promise you, that's the first place wow. that song appeared. Awesome. My first cracked article ever was about unnecessary greatest hits albums. And one of them was Color Me Bad. <laughs> and uh, one of the things I put in there was they had an album that came out and it sold 39 copies the first day. 39? <laughs> yeah. If I put an album out right now, I, it, I feel like it would sell 39 copies in like an hour. Like I feel like I could, it would probably sell like 50 total. Yeah. But like I'd get yeah. to 39 pretty fast. Yeah, I feel like I could Coming, just go through my call log yeah. and just be you, like, this. And this was Color Me Bad. Like, you would think the record company would be like, look, guys, we only sold 39. Uh, go door to door and yeah. start pushing these fucking <laughs> albums. Yeah. yeah. You'd think they would have just... You know, the record company would have bought 50 just for their own <laughs> use. <laughs> didn't Jay-Z, didn't Jay-Z like, um, when he was coming out with his new album, didn't they, uh, iTunes agree to buy the first 39 copies of it? Or, or was that a million? Or <laughs> it was a million. It was, it was a million. Mil- million 39. I Mick, that happened to Mick Jagger too, though. He put out a solo album in England that sold like 800 copies in the first week, Aww. and it was kind of a good album too. It was weird. That's sad. It wasn't that long ago. <laughs> Fuck you, Mick Jagger. <laughs> All right, should we read regular comments? Lou Perez is excited to read. You, do you want to read this? Um, I want to address this really one long. as well. Yeah, calls me out by name. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to read out? Uh, I don't want to read this whole thing. It's very long. It's really long. Well, he's kind of complimentary to me at one point. So if you wanted to read all of it, cool. that's fine. <laughs> I've noticed a lot of, quote, Indian jokes, which seem to be in every other episode. I don't mind, quote, Indian jokes per se, but often in this podcast, they're just hackneyed. This one was actually great, if a tad weak, compared to every other one on this podcast, which is usually just blurting out some form of, quote, genocide, like Yakov getting cheap laughs. Fucking Yakov. <laughs> when do we just shout genocide? <laughs> genocide! <laughs> right, right. <laughs> However, I love the stuff like, quote, this is war because it touched on the blatant racism that police show against aboriginals. And I agree, any joke is acceptable as long as its humor outweighs its subject matter. Quincy had it right in the last podcast. Other than that, huge fan of the show. For an unpopular opinion, I would like to hear Mr. Bonnaroo defend, quote, Indian headdresses at festivals or Jeff May defend the, quote, Redskins name and fans. I could defend it, but I won't. Like, 
I think it's really stupid that people wear Indian headdresses at or Native American headdresses at music festivals. It's usually not very sensitive um, young women. It's usually like eighteen-year-old girls who are like, "I look tribal." But can we agree that um, no, yeah, can we, can we yeah. agree that no matter who's wearing the Indian headdress, whether they are a Native American or a sixteen-year-old girl, it gives you no power whatsoever. Like it doesn't do anything. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's just actually, it's just a hat. Well, have you ever worn one at a music festival? There's <laughs> well, an earthquake, everybody. Two, two years ago, I've never worn one. Never well, worn. then how do you know? That's, that's <laughs> you know? true. Two years ago, at Bonnaroo, it turns you into an 18-year-old girl. At Bonnaroo oh last or two years ago, there's a tri- there's a group called a tribe called Red, not a tribe called Quest. <laughs> huh. They're like nice. a Native American DJ group, and they're actually pretty cool. Check them out. <laughs> wait, so wait, their name was quote a tribe called Red unquote. Yes. Okay, yes. so that whole... Okay. So they do like... He wasn't just calling them a tribe like some racist yeah. piece of shit. No, that's the name of their group, A Tribe Called Red. And wow. they're just like these DJs, but they're both... They're Native American, and it's like DJ like music, but it's like very like aware of the issues. And they stopped the show in the middle and like pointed at people with the headdresses and were like, get out of here. Why would you show up wearing one? Like because you you're they fucking sixteen year old girl, like oh my god, I got are, are dream catchers okay though? Can I can I still oh, have that yeah, over my catch, bed? Is that yeah, right? well, they, yeah. they serve a purpose. They catch your dreams. Got it. Yeah, I, yeah. I really don't recall when we yell out genocide. Yeah, no. I didn't know we made. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we made that many Native American jokes. What is but that? I guess. My air, the air horn, the <laughs> reggaeton air horn. I don't even remember why we started using that. It, when he when he mentions Aboriginals, is he talking about Aboriginals in Australia? No, I think he's probably talking about. I wrote a column about how police are crazy everywhere because, like at the time, we were talking about how crazy police are in America, mm-hmm. and uh, I wrote about how shitty the police in Canada are to oh, Aboriginal wow. people there. Google the Saskatoon freezing deaths. The uh, police there basically had a policy for decades where if they found a native person who was drunk, instead of like taking them to jail and letting them sleep it off, they would drive them out of town and make them walk back. Holy but this is fucking shit. Canada. Yeah. And they would do it in the winter. They would do it whenever. So people would just turn up dead at the side of the road in, in Saskatoon. And for years, they didn't know why. Oh and God. this guy eventually in... It was in 2000, two cops in Saskatoon did it to him, and he survived. He found, like, a power plant and walked there. And uh, the police there went to jail for it, but they were sentenced on September 10th, 2001. So who would have fucking heard about yeah. it? Because yeah. 9-11 happened the next yeah, day. That's it, yeah. That so, is crazy, because... You don't think that, like, these police were like, oh, all of these people that we make walk back end up dead. Maybe we should stop doing that or at least let's make, like, make the line a little closer. Yeah. Or, like, why, why do we have 105 cold cases? Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow, how did this guy die? Yeah. It's Randy. Yeah. It's Sheriff Randy. He's the one doing it. Can I just cold <laughs> cases? <laughs> yeah, that was a cheap one. they're yeah. frozen. <laughs> God. This is, like the most equally sensitive and insensitive (laughs) show we've ever done. Like, we're like, God, it's terrible what the Dodgers did. Cold cases? (laughs) Jesus. We're all going to hell. Yeah. Do we have more comments? I think we should wrap it up. (laughs) 
You're probably right. We have another podcast to do in a couple minutes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. We do. I have to record another podcast in a few minutes. My God. You guys are machines. Yeah, dude. I have to record three podcasts today. Uh, you know about all oh, this stuff? Behind, that's huh? a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, two of mine, and then I might be doing the Cracked podcast again today. Mm. Brett's yeah. tense about it. Tense about everything. Mm. Yeah. Oh, God, that's hot. It's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We should get the fuck out of here. Maddie, do you have anything to plug? Oh, I just did, did a film called Spare Change. It just came out on iTunes and Amazon. So if you want to check that out, Spare Change. Uh, to Is that the, the uh, documentary about 9-11? No, it's not. <laughs> oh, okay. That's, no, oh, that's a, loose change. Right. Okay, <laughs> no, it's ahead. a romantic comedy about a girl who pretends to be um, homeless to get money because she gets laid off. So she pretends to be homeless, right? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and I'm not the lead. No, uh, no. So, well, I'm not watching it then. I know, right? <laughs> That's bullshit. It's awful. No, but it's great. And the the two guys who directed it were producers for Orange Is the New Black. Oh, cool. So it's kind of cool. Lou Perez, do you have anything to plug? Yeah, um, you guys can follow me on Twitter at, at Lou on the Subway. Uh, you can watch my sketch comedy at uh, Greg and Lou on YouTube. And um, I just started a new live show and podcast with uh, comedian uh, Toby Marishanu. I don't know when this is coming out, but um, you guys should uh, check us out on uh, on iTunes. You can uh, subscribe to us. It's a live show and a podcast. Well, nice. Using your podcast, plug his podcast. Oh, we'll edit that out. <laughs> uh, it, it'll just be plugging he's his gonna podcast. Be, again. When he gets to the part where he says the name of his podcast, it's going to play backwards like a <laughs> censored rap album. Uh, I'm going to make Brett spend six hours doing it. <laughs> I, he is. <laughs> he is. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't take six hours though. Uh, I'll bill six hours. Do me. I have anything to plug? Yeah, I do. Me, Dan O'Brien, Jeff May, and Alex Schmidt, and I think Danny Fernandez, maybe, are going to be in San Diego September 18th at the Comedy Palace doing a stand up comedy show telling jokes, skits. Friends of Unpopular Opinion, Jeff May, Danny Fernandez. Cracked editors, Alex Schmidt, Dan O'Brien, me. God damn it, you should be there. Tickets are $10. <laughs> Please come. Please come. I want to do more shows in San Diego. It's beautiful there. They wash the sidewalks too much. IMO. Oh, you know what I was going to say about that? When it rains here, the sidewalks get really fucking slippery. Because they never. it never rains, so the shit never yeah. gets washed away. Mm. So, but. The oils. Right. It's not right. a good enough excuse, though, to power wash your sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> I was so mad for like a week. It ruined my whole week. <laughs> this is ruining Brett's morning. That we... <laughs> the day's just begun. All right, God damn it. All right, say goodbye, Maddie. Bye. Brett, say goodbye, you goodbye. cranky son of a bitch. What? Oh, goodbye. Say goodbye, Lou. Bye, thank you. Goodbye, everybody.